I've always been drawn to darker fantasy stories when I watch movies or TVs or, you know, I feel like life is not all roses and pretty and everything and there's darker sides to things and really shows the, the deep emotions that we, we feel. And even though it's dark fantasy, like you can get those same emotions from regular fantasy, but I feel like with dark fantasy, it's more real. Do you love science fiction and fantasy books? You found yourself in the right dimension. Welcome to the greatest podcast in the multiverse, where each week I talk to science fiction and fantasy authors about myth, magic, and the infinite possibilities of storytelling. I'm your host, Herman Stuernagel, and I will be taking you on a journey with some of your favorite authors helping you to get to know them and possibly uncover some new literary gems along the way. Ready to explore? Because on this show, every conversation is a doorway into a different world. Welcome to episode seven of the greatest podcast in the multiverse. I am Herman Stuernagel, and today I'm talking to YA author Kimberly Grimes, all about YA dark fantasy. I wanted to know how the elements of dark fantasy, which is traditionally surprise, surprise, dark, meshes with a subgenre that is directed at young adults. We talk about how she works these themes together seamlessly. We have a great interview. Kimberly also discusses how she develops characters and her world in her upcoming book, Shades of Light. The book comes out next month, but it is up for pre-order now, so stick around for that conversation, and of course, I will have all of her links in the show notes. As far as a personal update goes this week, there's a lot going on. First, if you have been at all interested in checking out my book, Eclipse, it is on sale for this week only, which is the first week of September when this goes out. Uh, It's on sale for $0.99 in the Kindle store on Amazon, and I'll, of course, link that down in the show notes for you. The book is also on a book tour through Escapist Book Tours. If you want to check out some reviews and blog posts about the book, make sure to check out Escapist Book Tours on their social media platforms, uh, or you can follow my writer Instagram account, which is at Herman Stuernagel. I'll be sharing everything that comes through this week, and those will, of course, be linked in the show notes as well. Additionally, if you want to do a read-along of Eclipse with someone, my friend Tatiana over at the Bookish Banter podcast is hosting a buddy read-along for the entire series starting this week. Um, I will link that in the show notes as well. Uh, They are starting this week, so be sure to join them, and she will be wrapping it all up with an interview with me in October, where we'll be discussing the first two books eclipse and chimera on her podcast check that out i'm looking forward to it it's going to be a lot of fun if you want to hear a conversation that i had with tatiana in back in i believe it was february um you can find that on her show as well we had a great chat and i'm sure we will have another great chat next month otherwise my advanced copies of chimera will have hopefully have gone out by the time this episode airs and i am really excited to see what readers have to say it has been a long time in the making it's crazy that it will finally be heading out to readers in preparation for the launch in October. Um, I've been also updating and setting up pre-orders for the hardcover version and getting the final touches done. There's lots of work to do this week and it is going to be crazy. What I am reading this week is Iron Gold by Pierce Brown. This is the fourth book in the Red Rising series. I read the initial Red Rising trilogy years ago, and I never continued on with the series. But now that the seventh book, Lightbringer, is out, I decided it's high time for me to continue on with it. I'm about halfway through Iron Gold, and I'm loving it so far. 
I was afraid it would have lost some of the magic of the original trilogy, but it definitely has not. If you're a fan of dystopian works set in space, check it out. It is one of my favorite series, and there's definitely been some inspiration from that series to be found in my Fractured Orbit series. All right, let's get to the interview. I will read Kimberly's bio, and we'll get started. Kimberly Grimes is a multi-genre author of young adult books who loves being sucked into science fiction, fantasy, mystery, and paranormal worlds. After many, many years of reading books and watching other people's stories on TV and film, she finally took the plunge and started writing and sharing her own stories. When she's not writing, she's either hanging out with her family, watching movies or TV shows, reading a good book, or creating new designs and products for her Etsy shop. She and her family live on the outskirts of Wichita, Kansas, with her two crazy miniature pinchers, Corey and Jubilee. Let's get to the interview. So welcome to the greatest podcast in the multiverse. I have a very special guest with me today, Kimberly Grimes. I know her through a number of writing groups that we are in, and I am very excited to have her on the show this week. Welcome here, Kimberly. Hi, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for this uh, new podcast journey you're starting. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm obviously excited too, and I'm, I'm glad that you agreed to join me today. So Kimberly, um, why don't you tell our guests a little bit about your writing journey and uh, what's brought you to this point in your author career? Um, so I actually started my author career a little bit later in my life. Um, I didn't actually start reading until my mid-30s, um, mainly because as a, as a kid, I didn't really read a lot. I uh, have a learning disability with grammar and punctuation. And so it was just really discouraging for me and frustrating. Um, but then Twilight came out and everyone was just so excited about this book. And I was like, I'm just going to read this book. So I jumped on, I read this book and I fell in love with books. And I just started devouring Cassandra Clare and a lot of books. And that's when I was like, I want to write stories, regardless if it's a struggle for me or not. And so I just started writing. That's a great story to have. I mean, we hear so much of authors who have been reading since they were out of the womb and have yeah. loved writing, you know, and that sort of thing. You know, it's good to hear um, a story of someone who is, you know, started that journey a little bit later on. Um, I know I've been, I think Shane was the same way. He wasn't a big reader until later on as well. And that's what got him propelled into writing. Um, so how long have you been writing for? And how many books do you have out currently? Um, so I've been writing for about 10 years. And okay. uh, the first book I wrote um, is called Isildes. And it took me about eight years to write, mainly because, um, like I said, you know, it was a real struggle for me to just grasp the whole writing process. But I was so determined. I really worked hard at learning the craft and, and how to structure a story and everything. So uh, right. it took me eight years to publish the first book. Um, and then since I, I'm a very quick learner. And so it took me two years to write book two, which I recently published. And in the meantime, I also published a companion novella uh, in that world. I also uh, wrote three short stories and published them in three different anthology books, one being The Rebel Diaries with Sasha Black, which is our writing group. Yeah, that's great. You know, and I'll, I'll we'll talk a little bit about your your stories as well um, coming up, because I'm interested to hear, I don't think I realized there was such a, such a difference in the, in the time you took to write book one to book two. So um, I do want to know a little bit more about that. First, though, tell me about the why in your writing. So you read, you know, you read Twilight and you loved it. Now, and obviously you decided to keep going with your writing journey. You 
put out a couple of books and you're still going. So what's your motivation now? Um, my, well, the why I write is basically because, um, I love getting lost in story worlds, whether it be in a book, a movie, a TV show, or just listening to somebody tell me a story about, you know, an adventure they took or a vacation. I just love hearing stories. Um, when I was a kid, I would just find anything around the house just to play and make up worlds. And now, you know, as an adult, being an author, I get to kind of do the same thing except just with books and so I just I I love doing that and so that's why I write yeah so I want to get back I didn't and I know I didn't prep you for this question so I apologize but I do want to hear a little bit more about the difference you know in your process between um, your first book and your second book um, because I, you know a lot of authors take way longer with their first book than they do with their following books so you went from um, that book to book two and I believe you have another, and you have another book coming out later this year so obviously your process mm-hmm. has changed so how did that first book prep you for ongoing books I guess well the first book like I said uh, I I was basically going back to you know the drawing board and learning how to do everything so it took some time but once right. I grasped the story structure and the character development and everything you know it was um, it was easy for me to form a, like form a, a writing process and so when I was writing book two, um, for my science fantasy, young adult science fantasy story, um, it was easy for me to just plot. I was a pantser with the first book. And right. after watching a lot of like um, Abby Emmons and everything, I was like, you know what, I'm going to start plotting everything out. And so I written the three short stories because I was I was trying to learn how to get as much information in a story in a short like 10,000 word or for short stories. And that forces you to put only the vital information for your story in a short story. And so that's what I was trying to do was try to learn how to condense and really just get to the point of the stories when I was writing the short stories. And then I used that for writing book two of my young adult science fantasy story. And I used that same process for going into the book coming out in October, um, Shade of Light. That's fantastic. So I guess, how do you come up with your stories? Um, obviously, you're, this one, you're, you know, you're finishing up your duology, you have a couple more out. Um, where do you get your inspiration from? Um, well, uh, I've kind of taken a little bit of a pivot in my genre. Um, when I wrote the short stories, um, The Rebel Diaries was more of a write a, a rebel character. And then I wrote um, a short story for an anthology book, um, Kingdoms of Wrath and Ice, which was more about morally gray characters and, and villains. Um, and so that's when I really found myself. I really found myself as an author. I found my author brand. I liked and enjoy writing those darker fantasy stories, but for YA readers. So I would just come up with more stories from there after that. It was just, it hit me. You know, I talked to, uh, a, 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 Kincaid, um, the other day we recorded that episode. I'm not sure where in the progression it will it will air, but um, but she her her novel was also inspired by that that rebel short story as well. So um, I think that that's fantastic that you know Sasha has brought together authors that and inspired them to really find the story that they wanted to write through that anthology process. Yes, it's great. Uh, she is great. That's how we met. And, and yeah. you know, we, we now talk a lot and bounce ideas off of each other. And, and that's all about this 
author community. It's so wonderful. You know, everybody just really supports each other and helps each other and answers each other's questions. So I love that part too. I, I do too. It's it's great to have that community that we can that we can relate to. <laughs> um, so what other authors have, have inspired you in your writing? Well, when I first got bitten by the book bug, um, it was mainly like Cassandra Clare, um, Bella Forrest, Cresley Cole, Jennifer Armentrout. Um, but then when I started branching out into the indie community a little bit more, I wanted to focus in on, on connecting more with indie authors who inspired me. Um, and so I started following Liz Delton, Sasha Black, um, Abby Emmons, and uh, Bethany Adizada. You know, they just, they really know how to market. And that's right. kind of the hardest thing about this indie author gig. So following authors who are doing it well really helps. Definitely. And, you know, for, for those who maybe aren't familiar with those names, I mean, I recognize, I think all of them, they all, have, you know, are part of either the booktube community. I know like Abby Evans has a big um, YouTube channel um, and Bethany does as well. And then yep. with a couple podcasts in there. So, yeah, you know, that, you know, similar to, to me when I, got, um, when I got started finding those voices that you could get inspiration from and figure out how to navigate the, you know, independently published author world. <laughs> was uh yeah was difficult to do um so it was nice to have those voices out there definitely yeah so can you tell us a bit about your upcoming book shade of light it'll be coming out in a, in a month or so um can you tell us what it's about yes so um i am super excited about shade of light um it is uh book one in the three shades trilogy um, originally, it was going to be a standalone book, but as I got to the end, I just really felt like this story had so much more to grow and tell. Um, so I made it into a trilogy, and um, basically the story follows in an 18-year-old girl. Her name is Adele, and she has the ability to infiltrate people's minds with just the touch of her hand. And so the story starts off with her escaping from Castle Forge, and she'd been there, held against her will, comfortably, not like in a dungeon or, you know, okay. um, under duress, uh, by this treacherous General Annika. And so the General has been forcing Adele to interrogate people um, by torturing them when forcing them into this mental prison that she can do. And uh, she forces them to relive their most fears and traumatic experiences over and over again. And so basically the story is about her escaping this castle and heading back to her childhood village where she wants to get answers from her aunt. And she wants to know her past, why she is the way she is. She believes she's cursed. And so um, the journey takes her to her childhood village and when she gets there, um, the village is under attack by the same attackers who attacked eight years ago, which is when Adele had got lost in the woods and then she was kidnapped and brought to the general's castle and she's been there ever since. But so it's a story about discovering her past and trying to deal with who she is right now and the things she can do. And, and it's about, you know, she believes she's cursed and a monster, but yet, you yeah. know, does she have to do these evil things? So she she learns that these attackers um, in her childhood village have the same ability as her. 
which raises more questions about who she is and her past. And, you know, so she has to decide whether to stay and help the village and learn more about these attackers or go back to the castle where she was held held captive um, because the one person who befriended her there is still there. So it's a story about choice and a story about, you know, discovery. And and there are some tropes in there. Um, I guess we'll talk about tropes in a second. Yeah, we'll get to tropes soon. Yeah, you know, and I've been following, you know, your marketing for, um, for Shade of Light on social media. And I, I know you talked about the monster within and, you know, that that hook has grabbed me anyway. So it sounds super interesting. Um, so I want to know too, what, what was the inspiration behind this series? It's, you know, um, you, you've written your duology, you got that finished off. Um, were you working on the, well, I guess two separate questions. Were you working on this at the same time as book, as, um, as your second book in the, as Faunus was the second book in your last series, correct? Yeah. Um, so were you working on it at the same time and what was your inspiration behind this series? Um, I was working on Shade of Light while writing um, Faunus. It was kind of my back burner work in progress because we all have back burner, you know, yes. multiple projects <laughs> we're working on. Um, and so eventually uh, I decided I really wanted to, like I said, it was going to be a standalone, just something I was just an exercise I was, I was really doing was because um, I really wanted to work on my character voice as a writer. Okay. So um, that was probably the inspiration of doing this um, is because I was doing it more as an exercise to narrow down my cast of characters and really work on distinction um, between them with different personalities and different character voices. Um, but then it kind of grew into, no, I really want to write this. And <laughs> I really want to focus more on writing morally great characters. Um, Cause I had written the short stories and I was like, this, this is going to be yeah. a thing. So that is where it stemmed from. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about dark fantasy and what dark fantasy is? Um, because I know that you, like you said, you, you're, you're delving into the realm of morally great characters and a little bit darker. So, um, what's, what is dark fantasy and how would you define it? Um, this was a, a big question for me too. When I, when I pivoted because there's dark fantasy, there's Gothic fantasy, there's lots of different, you know, fantasy, um, subgenres within yeah. fantasy and I wasn't sure, but I do know that um, dark fantasy doesn't mean horror or gore. Okay. I am definitely not a fan of horror or gore, um, especially for YA readers. Um, but it doesn't mean it's absent because there are some authors out there who might include that. So for me personally, I don't think that horror and gore um, should be in dark fantasy. I think Adele's okay. ability to infiltrate people's mind for torture, and um, it, I think that was what tipped my decision for this to be a dark fantasy story. Plus, it, it's in a world with demons and angels, and the demons get pretty nasty. So um, I kind of felt it was on the line of like the TV shows of like Stranger Things or okay. Wednesday or Vampire Diaries, and, right. and so that's why I was like, why a dark fantasy? Yeah. Okay. No, that's interesting. And that I am, you know, it's what that's, it's one of those subgenres that you hear tossed around a lot um, that I didn't, you know, I don't particularly know what, what defines a dark fantasy. And that's part of the reason of my questioning in this is, do you know, what are these subgenres about, you know, what drew you to dark fantasy for this series, you know, other than what you've already talked about, 
And what aspects do you find most compelling and inspiring for this series in particular? Um, I think I've always been drawn to darker fantasy stories when I watch movies or TVs or, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like life is not all roses and pretty and everything. And there's darker sides to things. And, and I feel like it, it really shows the, the deep emotions that we, we feel and, um, and even though it's dark fantasy, like you can get those same emotions from regular fantasy, but I feel like with dark fantasy, it's just, it's more like, like real. I mean, so you're exploring kind of the, um, like you said, not really the horror element of things, but you're, it's yeah. really more just morally gray, more, more of a kind of a mental darkness as well. Like yeah. people are really trying to find like what About the dark acceptance. side of them is. Yeah, about acceptance, like if if you're one way and people don't accept you because you're this way, it's like you want to show them that just because I'm this way, I can still, you know, be included. And and I feel like that's important stories to tell um, in fantasy ways. <laughs> so Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, being allowed to go a little bit, a little bit darker allows you to explore some of those. Um, not so pretty elements of life that we, you know, might have to deal with in our real world, but in a fantasy world that, you know, we can maybe feel a little safer in exploring those, those ideas in. Yeah, definitely. What do you think? I mean, I think we just touched on this a little bit, but what do you think appeals most to readers about dark fantasy? Because like we said, it is kind of, it does seem to be a really popular subgenre right now. Um, What do you think the draw is? Um, I like the, the realism of it, um, the pain, uh, I think internal conflict or, you know, the physical, uh, happenings that are going on in the story. I think, um, depending on, on the level of, you know, sensory description and overall story description, you know, because you can have very subtle things, which is more likely in YA writing, whereas in adult fiction, um, you're allowed to get into detail a little bit more into the graphic areas, you know, but with YA fiction, you know, you you focus more on um, just very subtle, but still, I mean, there's stabbing because it's medieval time, (laughs) you know, medieval story and shade of light. So, so did you have a hard time finding that balance between YA and dark fantasy? Is there, you know, were there certain lines that you had to um, make decisions about crossing or not, you know, to keep it as a young adult book? Um, I learned a lot about writing YA from my first duology series, um, which I applied to the new YA dark fantasy series on the, the Shade of Light series. Uh, when I wrote the first series, I had my characters were older and um, there, was, there wasn't any like uh, violence or anything, but there's a lot of cursing in book one. And so I got some feedback in regards to, you know, YA, it's YA. Every, I mean, I personally feel like like teenagers curse, whatever. Um, but I guess it wasn't really, really uh, accepted. I don't know. So I just okay. took it um, for what it is. And then I learned for, you know, there's definitely a difference between YA writing style and adult writing style. And that also goes for dark fantasy, you know. I mean, if you take that show Wednesday and you make it more like Sweeney Todd, 
you're changing the the age category. Okay. Tell us a little bit about the world of Shade of Light um, and what, you know, how did you go about creating it? Um, so Shade of Light takes place uh, in a medieval fantasy world, um, but not so much as like castles with knights and, and squires. Um, it's more like the outskirts with the villages and it's just that where there's no technology. It's just that old world feel. Um, swords, bows and arrows and everything. And the story, like I said, um, the, the fantasy element is demons and angels, where I feel like a lot of fantasy elements, you know, they can be fae, they could be vampires or, you know, those kind of paranormal creatures. Um, so I really wanted to let the readers know ahead of time that this is a demons and angels uh, fantasy world, which also means yeah. that there's doorways to other realms. There's so that is also involved in this in the world building here. Okay. So it starts off as a really small world from Adele's perspective, and as the story goes and her character develops, um, she starts to realize how much bigger this world is. Nice. So does that um, does that continue on into the you know into the next books in the series as well? Then does that world just kind of keep expanding for her? It does. Uh, so book two, uh, we're announcing the title. I'm announcing the title um, in September, I believe. And then the cover reveals November 1st for book two. And okay. so Shade of Light is actually um, a dual POV story. Per, uh, two, there's two points of views, um, Adele. And then there's a few chapters from um, a character named Rune. And so... Uh, later in book two, Rune becomes more of a an equal point of view. Right. Yeah, and you don't have to get too far into book, book two. I'm like, that's no probably... spoilers. <laughs> 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 but, but I mean, I love when book one kind of starts off as a small world perspective, and then as the series, as book one progresses, it gets a little wider, and then you get into book two and book three, and that world just continues to open up. That's one of my favorite things about. One of my favorite tropes, I guess, and I'm not sure if that if there's a name for that trope, but I but I do oh, enjoy no. that. Um, so, what was your what was the most difficult thing for you in creating this world? Um, well, world building in general is it, I don't struggle with it, but I try to keep it as familiar as possible. Um, I don't go too crazy with new elements or new new because um, you can create like a, a dark fantasy world. Like if you take the Avatar movies um, and you make them a dark world, there's a lot of elements in those worlds where you have to make sure that they affect the characters, what what's their purpose for the story. And so that's just, um, that that's a lot, that's a lot. And so I, I'm working towards building um, on stories like that. For now, I keep things as familiar as possible for the reader and, and choosing Okay. You know, a medieval fantasy world where a village is a village and arrows are arrows. It, it's it's easier um, as a writer and, you know, as for the reader to really get into this world with these characters. Yeah, because if you're not having to learn a lot about how the world operates, you can focus more on getting to know the characters yes. and, and what their, their struggle is. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so what's who's your favorite character in this series? So in Shade of Light, I mean, Adele is definitely um, a fantastic character just because I put so much into uh, 
molding her character voice um, and her personality and everything throughout because you know, I wanted to make sure her voice never fell flat and, and I didn't stray and she didn't feel too dimensional. So um, she really, you know, holds a place in my heart just because we, we really bonded over the, the year. Um, but for a favorite character, I, I have to say his name is Elijah and he is literally the sweetest guy. He's 17. He is the sweetest guy in the story, but he's also so strong and protective and he's loyal um, and I just love the dynamic between him and Adele. He's like this soft, you know, friendly guy. And she's just this, I've got a wall up, stay away from me. Don't come too close to me, you know? So I really enjoy the dynamic he brings. So is he a main character? I know he's not a POV character, but is he a main character in the story or is he a side character? No, he's, he's kind of a main character. He's there throughout all three okay. books and he's part of the Scooby, Scooby Grew. Scooby group, Scooby crew, whatever they're, Scooby-Doo crew. <laughs> Very cool. Do you have a, uh, I know I didn't ask you this, um, send you this question either, but what's your process for creating your characters? Do you have a, do you have a certain method that you use or do they kind of, um, do you kind of get to know them as you write? Um, I do have a process for when I come up with a character. Um, the first thing I usually do is find a, an actor or an actress on a movie or a TV show um, who I want my character to kind of role model after. And then I just really watch them and I take notes about like little things they do, their behaviors, their, their body language, um, right. and just how they speak. And, and then I just kind of take those notes and I don't really focus too much on physical appearances until I actually start writing. Um, okay. but yeah, it's, it's more or less, you know, the, the small details that really help bring the reader closer to these characters. And so I find them on on a TV show or movie. That's great. I, I do that to some degree myself in some of my, at least some of my recent writings. I have an, an actor in mind and I maybe don't study their mannerisms, but at least for speech patterns, mm -hmm. I keep it in mind. And I feel that it kind of helps me at least to separate out dialogue and make each person sound unique because you yes. have a pattern of speech in, in mind um, and not, you know, not to copy obviously them directly, but it just helps to have a real voice in your head oh, rather yeah. than your own voice <laughs> saying these yeah. lines, right? Yeah. I, I did um, for Adele, I, Celine from the Underworld series, you know, I really just watched her, her movements and her body language. And, and I just kind of used that to role model for Adele's reactions and, and character behaviors. Well, that's great. That makes me even more excited for the book. <laughs> and what a what a great what a great excuse to rewatch Underworld. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> like you need another excuse. Those are great. I, I love that movie. They are such a great series of movies. I hope they make more. <laughs> yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do with with every all the series they're continuing now. Um, so I know you've got this. Pro I know this series is kind of probably taking precedence for the next. You know half a year to a year, whatever your publishing schedule looks like. Um, is there other, are there other projects that you're currently working on? What can your readers expect from you next? Um, well, I'm currently working on book two um, in the drafting phase uh, and then okay. just brainstorming um, book three. I, I, ha I at least want to, you know, have an outline um, before I finish drafting two. I want to have an outline for three. That way I don't miss anything in any of the story. Um, but I also yeah. have been brainstorming a reader magnet for this series. 
So I'm hoping okay. to have that done by the end of the year. So. Excellent. I look forward to that. Well, we are um, kind of to the end of our interview. So it's time for my last and favorite question of the day. Um, this is the greatest podcast in the multiverse. Can you tell me about how in a parallel universe, a different choice might've shaped another version of your life? This could be based on an actual path you've considered or something you've only dreamed of. The possibilities are infinite. <laughs> ah, this is a tough one. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, as much as I love my life and, and my family and kids, I did live in California for a bit and I did take some acting classes. And, oh. you know, I was like, oh, doing some acting. Um, so it would have been interesting to see if I had continued to pursue that that road. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think, you know, um, I did, I mean, I, I didn't get that far, but it's definitely something, you know, in high school, you're like, well, that would be something fun to do. Yeah, but then I, so. I'm not very good at speaking in public. So then I was like, this isn't for me. <laughs> well, you did a great job talking with me today. Um, I definitely have enjoyed having you on the show. Um, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yes, um, I mainly live on Instagram. Um, I do have a Facebook page, um, but you can always find me on Instagram at kgrimes.writes. And um, I've recently joined Threads. I'm on the Cool Kids Club, so <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll see if Threads still exists when, when all this happens. But uh, uh, I am on TikTok, but I'm not really on TikTok. Um, I don't dance and do all those kind of videos because that's about me. Um, but yeah, Instagram. Wonderful. Well, I will make sure to link all of that in the show notes. And you've recently started your own podcast, is that right? Ah, oh, yes. Um, me and A.E. Kincaid, Megan J. Dahl, and then we have um, two uh, readers because our podcast name is um, The Pens and the Bookmarks. So we have the writers and the readers come together and we discuss, you know, the bookish industry from both sides and Lou and Whitney are so fantastic. So we have lots of fun. We only do one a month because we're all moms and we're all crazy busy. And, but we have a good time when we get together. That's awesome. And such a fun concept as well. Thank definitely you. Check, yeah. So definitely check that podcast out. I will link that in the show notes as well. Um, once again, thank you very much for joining me today, Kimberly. Thank you for having me, Herman. This is very nice. And I will definitely hound you to come back when book two comes out. You're very welcome. Please do. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kimberly Grimes. Please tune in next week when I talk with Anna Mossacat. Anna is an author of cyberpunk books, and we talk all about that subgenre, what you can expect from it, the tropes involved, and so much more. We have a great chat. I hope you will join me then. Bye now. Thank you for joining me. If you enjoyed the show, like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Greatest Podcast in the Multiverse. As well, you can help support the show by supporting me on Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you can get early access to the show, as well as submit your questions for my upcoming guests. I hope to see you next time. Bye now.